Hey guys, this is Rosie with Stone Sober Mom. I wanted to read from my latest blog post called Things You Are Not, Things You Are. So I start this post with a quote. It's one of my favorite ones. It, it kind of reduces me to tears every time I read it. Um, and then share a little bit with you about how I relate to it. You are not your bra size, nor are you the width of your waist, nor are you the slenderness of your calves. You are not your hair color, your skin color, nor are you a shade of lipstick. Your shoe size is of no consequence. You are not defined by the amount of attention you get from males, females, or any combination thereof. You are not the number of sit-ups you can do, nor are you the number of calories in a day. You are not your mustache. You are not the hair on your legs. You are not a little red dress. You are no amalgam of these things. You are the content of your character. You are the ambitions that drive you. You are the goals that you set. You are the things that you laugh at and the words that you say. You are the thoughts you think and the things you wonder. You are beautiful and desirable, not for the click you attend, but for the spark of life within you that compels you to make your life a full and meaningful one. You are beautiful, not for the shape of the vessel, but for the volume of the soul it carries. You are not your bra size. I am and always have been flat-chested. When I was a bartender in New Zealand, our boss at the time used to say he could slide me down the length of that bar on my front or my back, and I'd slide just the same. Was that inappropriate? Absolutely. Did it sting? 100%. Did I laugh it off like a big girl should? You better believe it. Nor are you the width of your waist. The width of my waist is always something I've prided myself on, mainly for keeping it small. In recovery, I've made definite progress, but I would be lying if I said I don't still skip meals on purpose or mentally high-five myself when I don't eat dinner because I know I will wake up and feel skinny. I just have to pat myself on the back for the two meals that I am managing to eat and the nourishment I am feeding this body. Here's the actual text I sent to a friend last week. Now that I'm inching my way to the other side of this, I can begin to recognize the distortions. Even though my thoughts are still slithering down the well-worn wormholes I've been digging for 20 plus years. Right now, I'm aware that I try and avoid dinner at all costs, so I wake up feeling hungry and skinnier, a word I can't wait to eliminate from my mental dictionary. Like, I'm disappointed if I can't skip dinner, which is so fucked up, but it works out in my eating disorder's favor because I go to therapy three nights a week, so can usually get away with it. Fuck. I'm ready to not want to starve myself. I eat really well during the day, though. I guess looking back, there is some small progress there. Rather than taking drugs to skip every single meal, I'm not taking drugs and only skipping one meal only three nights a week instead of every night. Small, but I'll fucking take it. Please keep in mind that recovery from anything is a process. As evidenced here, I'm still nowhere near I want to be, but practice makes progress, and in this case, progress will increase my life expectancy. Please take time to relish in your wins, however big, however small. They are never insignificant and need to be recognized. You are not your hair color or skin color. A couple of years ago, I dyed my hair blonde to compensate for a skin condition that meant I couldn't tan myself in the sun anymore. The skin condition is called melasma, and it's actually fairly common with, uh, with expecting mothers. But it usually goes away, like, right after you're finished being pregnant, so right after the baby's born, but mine didn't do that. Anyway, I thought, and still do to some extent, that the only way I could be attractive was to be tan. People had always commented on my pretty brown skin, and so I learned to equate that with my self-worth. 
My unmistakably white brothers referred to me as our sister the Mexican, a badge I wore with pride across my bronzed shoulders. Tanning was another thing I did compulsively, like an addiction. I was certainly hooked on it, and it gave me a natural high. But I looked at it as the one addiction that wasn't killing me. I guess that's pretty naive considering skin cancer at all. Note, I did not include wrinkles in the list of negative sun-induced side effects because I think they are badges of honor and grace, and I wish women wore and embraced them as fiercely as they try to erase them. So I was totally devastated, needless to say, when my dermatologist told me there was no cure for this and that every time I got it in the sun, it would worsen the condition. I went into a deep, dark depression, and I barely left the house for a month. I remember wearing a hat everywhere I go. Like, I wouldn't let any of my skin touch the sun. It was absolutely terrible. I would not wish that on anyone. Um, I self-medicated with lots of wine and, of course, Adderall to keep me busy and not focused on the fact that I could not bear my reflection in the mirror. I had, like, a little triangle shape on one side, and I remember being at the mall and somebody, like, ran up and you know, started screaming like, oh my God, what happened to your face? Like, why is there a triangle on your face? And I was like, because that's my face. And it was just totally humiliating. Um, I'm pretty sure that sent me back indoors for like another month or something. I was convinced that having blonde hair would make my skin look browner, which was complete bullshit. Having blonde hair just made me look weird. No, nor are you a shade of lipstick. I look bizarre with lipstick on. People have been trying to get me to wear an actual color on my lips since I was 11. Um, when I found a stick of my mom's concealer, I think, and I started putting concealer on my lips in an attempt to just delete them altogether from my face. To this day, my husband um, and, and many others look at me like I'm growing a horn if I happen to get a wild hair and come out of the bathroom with red lipstick on. So I always feel a little left out, envious, and sub-feminine on the voluptuous lip front. You will find me wearing a pearl-colored soft lips chapstick for the rest of my days, still hoping people will just forget that they exist. Your shoe size is of no consequence. I beg to differ on this front. My clown slabs are massive. Um, I've always had huge feet. Size 9, I'm five foot two and a half. Uh, but I do credit my success as a yoga teacher on the fact that I can balance really well uh, because my feet are literally the size of my head. Um, I call it my superpower. You are not the number of sit-ups you can do, nor are you the number of calories in a day. I think it goes without saying that this is a hard one. Um, all I can say is please throw away your scales and the deans in the back of your closet that you keep hoping will fit one day and you keep trying them on and you keep getting depressed. Those things will straight up destroy any chance you have of living the life and doing the work you were meant to do. Reality check. When you're on your deathbed looking back at the expanse of your life, will you really be looking back at the time when you were your version of skinny and be like, oh yes, my life was totally worth it for that one week that I could squeeze into my cheerleading outfit from high school and I couldn't even leave the house in. Yes, God, thank you for that week. I can now go peacefully into the light. No, 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 no. I, I, don't, think, I don't think you will. You are not your mustache. This is really an embarrassing one for me because I feel like now everybody's going to be staring at my upper lip, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Back when I was nine years old, standing in the cafeteria line at my Catholic high school, fragile as a rose petal, this boy in my class turned to me and said, hey, are you trying to grow a mustache? And I was like, yeah, you didn't see me feathering it out to the sides, Sherlock Holmes style in social studies class earlier? Girls with facial hair are the coolest. 
No, I didn't say that. I cried into my buttered bread roll at the sweaty cafeteria table. I wept for what I interpreted at that tender age as the ultimate loss of my femininity and with it any hope of ever being attractive. To this day, I have a mustache complex. Ask my husband, it drives him crazy because I'm always telling him to stop staring at it when he's not. I don't even have one anymore because I'm old enough to take care of that shit, but uh, chin hairs I will save for another day and another post. I'm sure you're really excited about that. All that aside, this is what I want you to take with you. Write it in red, or as in my case, invisible lipstick on your mirror in your bathroom. Copy it into your notes on your phone, tattoo it onto your wrist, whatever, but please, please, please promise me to remember this. You are beautiful not for the shape of the vessel, but for the volume of the soul it carries. Let's concentrate on increasing our sheer volume and reach, making our bodies and minds and our hearts and our work and our lives bigger instead of trying to shrink ourselves to unrecognizable proportions. I, for one, am tired of being small.